dead air is not a bad thing. You, you decide if you have to know where, where to place it yeah. in a conversation because you, 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 when you're in an interview, are you with that tactic where you just let the pause go and usually the, the person you're interviewing will fill that gap because they don't want to, they don't want, people don't like awkward silences. Right. No, I don't think I've really ran into an awkward silence yet. Or just the silence in general. People always feel like they need to, you know, be talking, especially like when you're on an interview type like that. And so they'll usually just start divulging more and more information. You know what I mean? Because they'll go. And and sometimes that's a good tactic as well. Just stay silent and, and let them keep talking. But. No, for me, it's it's uh, because you know my my podcast is 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 just discussion. So it's it's first and foremost getting my guests comfortable. You know what I mean with the conversation, making sure that they're not edgy. You know how some people when they're nervous, they're 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 coming through edgy or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. just getting them comfortable to where it's just a, it's just a discussion between two people. We're just two people talking about how we see things and what is going on and and such and then once you get him into into that natural flow you just you just let the the conversation go as it is but me being the host i have to pay attention to when to take over you know what i mean if if i yeah, see yeah. that they're starting to repeat themselves or drift off right veer off because they've they've ran out of information on whatever particular topic it is that they're 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 speaking on in that moment it's my job then to to come in with a question or or such shit i need something to keep me from drifting off man i i I tend to do that in a in an interview sometimes myself it's crazy when i when i go back and i re you know edit some of the old ones that i hadn't got around to publishing yet and then i start looking at them and and seeing how much i've progressed from that you know what i mean because some of those were like you know yours was a year old right yeah it was over over a year ago and it was like oh man my perspectives have changed a little bit since then so i'm i'm live on youtube right now are you live yeah i'm live too i'm live are you live i forgot to put my head mic on so i'm probably getting all kinds of feedback to my listener they're probably like man bump this dude <laughs> scratch that scratch that show let me get him out of my let me get him out of my faves <laughs> so what do you i'm i'm my coffee this morning all right is so I used to buy them Keurig cups, right? Them Keurig ones for the, the Keurigs. Yeah. But those are kind of expensive and everything's getting expensive. Like the, a bottle, a, a box of 120 at the uh, Costco, I think is like getting close to like 45 bucks. Like shit, that's a lot of money for coffee. So I started buying the, the bulk beans, right? This is, this is adulting problems here. You know, the, the, the beans and then you grind them up right there at Costco and then so I got the the K cup, but it's got a it's a filter, right? So you can put mm-hmm. regular coffee in it, the grounds, and then you just run it through it. And so I'm using some of that, and then with some 
THC infused coconut oil in it as well with some nut creamer. And so that's, <clears throat> that's what sets me off. That's my, that's my micro dose, right? I put it. How, how does that make you feel? I'm it's curious. Like, well, it's like once you build up a tolerance, right? Or you find your sweet spot where it depends on where you want to go. You know, you want to go to the moon or you just want to go, <laughs> go for a Sunday cruise. You know, it, it, that's your dosing is, is really where you're going to find that. And so if you want a micro dose, your sweet spot is just right before you start to feel high, right? Because you don't want to be high, especially like if you're mm -hmm. like a micro dose is meant to be like you can function, right? I can take a micro dose and then I can go to go do something where I'm not, you know what I mean? Because you're not high, but you have that feeling of like well-being, right? If that makes sense. That's where I like to be at. The feeling of well-being. And there's also other kinds of other strains of, of cannabis that, you know, there are strains that are like dayweed. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't, it doesn't knock you on your ass versus like, I got some, I got some wrapper weed from my homeboy. That's some exotic purple shit you shake you shake the jar right i got a couple of ounces from it. i shake the jar and it's like little rocks hitting the <laughs> hitting the hitting the glass you know what i mean I'm like damn this shit's so dense greasy stinky mm -hmm. i haven't had none of that in a while and so see, yeah that's stuff see, right there put you on your out ass. here i'd hit you know i got my florida medical card so for the listener i'm on a show on my channel here i'm on a show called nowhere to go but up and this is, this is my friend, Sean, Sean is me and Sean came out here and we, we, uh, we had lunch one time. So we have prior episodes on that. You can go back and see exactly who he is on that. But the point of this is he's in California. I'm in Florida. Now I have my Florida medical card and we have like truly, do you guys have true leave out there? I'm sure that you do. These people are like true leaf, true leave, T-R-U-L-I-E-V-E. -E, I haven't heard about that free marketing too i'm gonna have to bring them bring this in and show this to them yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not into the dispensary space man i i try to stay out of them they tax the the, the taxing issue is so so bad at least I, I feel like it is i don't i don't think that you know because they they make so much money on the taxes in california Mm -hmm. and, and and the roads are still broken the infrastructure still is you know what i mean so it's like where's all this money going and so I stay out of there. And where's it supposed to go? Like, what's the uh, laws? Of, like, what was the... Well, just remember, like, the lottery. So in California, if you were in the lottery, the money from that was supposed to go to the schools. Now, I don't know how much of it actually goes to it. But there's just, like, all these, like, what? Does it go to the general fund? And then it gets dispersed from there? Because if it goes to the general fund, then it can be dispersed for anything. You know what I mean? For that account. So I don't know, man. I just don't think that it, it goes to where it's supposed to. And... I, I grow my own. And so I make my own, all my own products. I was going to look for some like cartridges. I do my own cartridges. I heat press the flour and it squeezes out the rosin. And then I take that and I, I put it with a, like a, a terp, like a liquidizer hmm. and then heat it up. And, and then I shoot it in these cartridges, these empty cartridges. 
And so what would cost me normally $50 plus tax at a, at a dispensary now just cost me, you know, whatever the cost of a, so a quarter, a quarter ounce will give me two cartridges and a quarter ounce costs me $25. So I'm getting two, two cartridges for 25 bucks. And then also I make that RSO stuff. Mm Mm-hmm that see so you can i don't think i can do that out here like what you can out there uh, well no because you don't have recreational so recreational opened up the ability for you to not need a card to be able to grow six plants in certain counties right because some some counties or cities even if the county says it's good the city ordinance overrules the county right the county is usually covers unincorporated areas and, and stuff like that. So your city ordinance can say, even though it's legal to grow, your city may opt out of that and say, well, no, it doesn't matter. We're not allowing it still. So the city that I was in prior did was in a city. Now I'm in, I'm in like the cut. So I'm under the county thing. So I, I grew six last year. And uh, no, actually, I only grew three last year, and it was the first year that I I was able to to actually pull it off, and it and it went right, right, and because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've I've done it before where it's been stolen or you know I just did it wrong and you know didn't know what I was doing and I didn't really know what I was doing with this either. It just was the right situation and the right hook up on the on the the plants that that i was given well i wasn't given but where i got them from and i did it man and i ended up getting like almost four or five pounds of flour and then i got probably another six pounds of unusable flour and you know the the sweet leaf the trim leaf Mm. and so with all of that and the flour wasn't that good i mean it was it like it would be good day weed, right? Because it doesn't put you on your ass. It actually kind of makes you an, an upper. So the person that made this strain, the strain was grape ape mixed with Skittles. Grape ape. Yeah. And, so, <laughs> and so it was meant for an anti-anxiety, right? And mm. uh, because the, whatever he had researched between the two and he made these, and I got a shitload of seeds of these too that are feminized. It's yeah, it's a good one. And so, yeah, I just make all these products with it, man. I, I infuse it with the coconut oil. I make chocolate edibles. I make this mint chocolate. That's fire, man. One, one square fucking puts you, puts you where you need to be. I just like making my own stuff, man. Cause I take the stuff and I know, you know, if you know how to make it and you have all this product to do it with, why not? I need to come out there. I've never been out there. And I need to come out there and try this stuff that you, because, you know, I've been a, I've been a lifelong smoker and I mean a daily smoker and I take, I take no other medication whatsoever. My body has been healthy. I don't know. I'm not saying it's because of the marijuana. I'm just saying it could be genetics. I have no idea, but I've been generally healthy my whole life. You know, even now I don't go to doctors. I don't go to dentists. You know what I mean? I, I'm and I'm healthy. I got all my teeth. 
you know? <laughs> so it's, it's, but I need to come out there and try this stuff out there because I, I have to see the difference of, of like what it is that you talk about versus my tolerance, because I think I could outsmoke pretty much anybody, you know? Yeah. Well, the, it's the edible thing. The edible game is different. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I'm, no, I don't mess with edibles or the, or this, this other stuff, just as far as smoking. That's all I do. I've tried the edibles and it's different. I don't like it. it well, you got, first of all, you got to know, like I said, you got to play with it. You know what I mean? You can't let one, one bad experience with it knock you out of the game forever because dude, the benefits of this shit, especially the RSO, do you know that this product, and I've been taking it for a long time. I just started mm -hmm. making it myself because I, I could, I had the ability, but I mean, I used it to get off of painkillers, right? When I weaned myself down and, and, and pulled off of it completely, RSO took its spot. And so now every time I, I would need to, would normally take a pill, I would take some of the RSO and it took the edge off of the sickness. You know what I mean? From withdrawals. I was able to use it for sleep, just like Be Real does. Man, it puts you in some good REM sleep if you take a you know a dose good enough for it. But you know you gotta be careful. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't you don't want to waking your ass up and being like, oh shit, I'm on a ride now. You know what I mean? I can't get off for at least four hours, or unless you take some CBD that'll help counteract it. Which I don't know if anybody out there knows. So if you don't like that feeling when of an edible, you know what I mean? Out of control, right? I took too much and, and, and I don't like this ride anymore. Have some CBD around and take some CBD and that'll help you to, to knock the edge, knock some of it off. Yeah, man. Did I, you I, ever, I, did you no, ever hear that phone call speaking about the edibles going out of control? What was it? It was a while ago where it was, it was the, a man and a woman, right? Husband and wife. And they were cops and they, they made brownies and they ate the brownies and I, it's, it's on YouTube. Oh, they the ate one the cop. brownies. Yeah. The one cop. He started he's, he's like, like yeah, I think oh. we're, we're going to die. I think we're going to die. Yeah. Just send help, please. Yeah. We, we don't know how much weed we put in the brownies, but we're going to die. If you don't send help, oh, completely hilarious. rigged out. So you're saying in that instance, if they were to take CBD, mm -hmm. It yep. would have brought that down. And how yep. long? I don't know how long. I've never, I've never done it. So I've got, do you, I've got a funny edible story that happened not very long ago. Actually, it happened right during, remember IPU 2020 or 21? Yeah. Which one was it? It was 20, I think it was. The first one was IPU 20. And that was that the was one where I was, one. yeah, I was running it. The first one, I was running it for like 30 minutes or 30 30 hours right it was a 60 hour thing and i did like half of it and it was been at the time when no you know right when we were all still locked down and stuff right so nobody had anything to do anyways i made a batch of, of chocolate and i don't i don't know what i did i don't know if it was because i was tasting it or eat as i'm making it or if I just got a hold of a piece that was just fire, I'm sitting there watching this. The, so they had these comedians on and there's this other comedian that played the guitar and he was you know, making his jokes and whatnot. And 
all the faces were up on the zoom screen right because it was a zoom thing that they were doing it through and so i had like all these faces staring at me and, and the thing just started kicking in hardcore right and i'm like oh my god they're looking at me what the and so i had to bounce right i bounced out of that i dipped out of that and i'm pacing back and forth my girlfriend's like going what's wrong i said i don't know you know what i mean you just start putting yourself into like panic mode and i know better right i make this shit. i know better just time man just some time some time and, and go lay down so i went and laid down nope pop back up like five minutes later <gasps> i think it's happening i think it's a real one i don't think i think this i, I you know what i mean i'm like i just i thought i was gonna die and so mm -hmm. I had her take me to the hospital, right? And the hospital is like a good 20 minutes away, like at least 20 or 30 minutes. And so I figured like, all right, well, if if, it, if it's not real, then this will be enough time for it to, you know, smooth off a little bit, right? Well, I get there and nope, no bueno. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still going to die. I'm still going to die. It's a real thing. <laughs> it's a real well, that's thing. That's the thing is you... I think the panic sets in because you don't know where it's going to stop at. Yeah. You keep, you, you know what I mean? You keep feeling yourself getting more and more and more, you know, up and yeah. you don't know where it's going to stop at. And I think that's where the panic comes in at. Yep. Yep. And so here it goes. So it was during the COVID time. So, I mean, the, the, the hospital protocols were different. So there's a, a security guard outside, you know, that you got to check in with. Right. And so I get out and she's like, are you sure? You, sh you sure you're all right? Are you sure you need to do this? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm dying. It's for real. It's, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening. I've, I've, you know, we've waited long enough. And so I go in there and the lady's like, you need a mask, sir. And so she hands me a mask, a white one, right? A white cloth one that she'd been wearing for work. I put it on. I go and she's like, what's the problem? I said, I'm dying. <laughs> she's like, could you be a little bit more specific? I said, I think I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> mm. And she goes, okay. So we go in and uh, they, they rush me right in and they sit me down and then I start saying, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I told him I took edibles out there or if I, it was during the walk back into the emergency room. And uh, so anyway, she gets me set up in a, in a, in a thing. And then probably 10 minutes into me laying down after she left, it starts to go away. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm like, what am I going to do? Cause I don't want to be here now. I got to get out of here. And it, you know, it started going away completely. And so what I didn't realize, okay, the mask that she gave me, I put it on backwards. And mm. so her lipstick oh, was on the oh. outside. And I'm walking through the whole fucking hospital. These people are like probably laughing, not realizing, right? Look at and, this damn junkie. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, the lady comes back in, right? And at this point, I'm like, I had taken the mask off and I'd realized I'm like, what the fuck? And so I had to tell the lady, I'm like, hey. And she's like, let me guess. You feel better. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I, I guess I just, you know, I don't know what to say. Indigestion. Indigestion. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes out and she goes, and I could hear her, right, to all of the, because, you know, in the, in the ER, they have this, all of them are kind of like working. And then there's a, 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 a 
desk sort of yeah, thing I counter around the whole thing. And so she goes, Hey, guess what, everybody? He's okay. And they all start laughing. Mm. And so I'm like, Oh, I gotta walk past all these people now. <laughs> and this is your local hospital, too, huh? Yeah. Yeah, you gotta go to a different one now. Oh man. But yeah, that was that was a hilarious. It's it was funny. It wasn't funny when I was going through it, man. I really thought I was dying, but no, but that's crazy because you were experienced. You were at that time. You were even experienced with it. Yep, yep. It can get you, man. It can get you if you're not paying attention, man. It can get you. Mm, mm, mm. No, see, I don't want to deal with nothing like that. Yeah, but you got to start out slow, though. You know what I mean? You like that's no. why I tell anybody that takes my chocolate. I said, look, man. Just start out with a half piece. I don't give a fuck if you're taking this shit a lot or not, because you can all some... you, know, you can always add later. You know what I mean? But you can't take yeah. it. You can't take it away once you put it in. You can't take it away. Milk don't work with that. <laughs> <laughs> Milk don't work with that. But I've had I've had some I've had some experiences, man. I've had some experiences. I've had some experiences with marijuana. I really, really have. Marijuana has has been on some 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 rides with me, man. Yeah, this is that RSO stuff right here. It comes in like you you I do the the 99% isopropyl alcohol. What, what what do you shoot that? No, but you have to it's really sticky, right? It's like cuz all it's the it's all the resin, the rosin, all everything that you you that the plant has. You use the alcohol and it strips it off of it, right? That's that shit that gets stuck everywhere and, and makes a mess of everything, right? Yep, yep. And so you have to draw it up in a syringe when it's warm because you have to <clears throat> you have to cook it down, right? You got to get all that alcohol out of it. And so a rice cooker is what I use. So I'll take all of the like the alcohol, you know, you 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 crush it up in a with a in a bucket, you know, the flowers in general, right? You throw so you I use eight ounces to half a gallon of well the it's one pound to one to one two gallons is it two gallons yeah, i think so or one gallon of isopropyl i don't know it's on the, it's on his website it tells you how to do it and you just fucking beat it up inside, inside the bucket right and break it all up with a with a wooden a piece of wood and then you strain all that out and then the liquid that's left is all the all the the CBD because it's full spectrum when after you're done with it, mm. and so you just reduce it down and you use the 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 rice cooker because it's meant to stay heated until it gets down to a certain weight and then it pops up and stops. And so once you get that what's left in it after you reduce down the whole the whole gallon, then you finish it off in like an oven. Or a, yeah, the oven's probably the best part because you don't have very much alcohol left in there. You just want to get the, the the remaining bit out of it, mm. <clears throat> and that shouldn't cause a fire. <clears throat> but do all the other stuff, you know what I mean? The the, re the reducing down because I mean you got alcohol and an ignition source and all that. You don't want to. You don't want that shit inside the house. You blow yourself up. You know and then you have to explain. Then you have to explain how you weren't trying to make meth. <laughs> yeah and 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 then it's, it's 
perfect time for a segue because that's that's what I was just getting ready to get in there and say is is what's even crazy is how we're sitting here talking about manufacturing drugs live on YouTube and then you got you know Frank Epler sitting out in Arizona with seven life sentences for marijuana mm, you know yeah 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 I heard that Joe Rogan had on was said on one of his things that he read an article or, or there was a story about a guy that was sitting in jail or in prison for, for marijuana and he could see a dispensary selling it, f selling it from his cell somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, man. I would love to get on Rogan's show, man. I don't know how to, how to even make that even a possibility. I don't even know how to reach out to this guy. He's put himself way up in the clouds. But I would love to go on on a, on Rogan's show and have a discussion with him about our prison industrial system and and these things, yeah. because he he has a lot of these discussions and they're well misinformed, and and his his discussions when it comes to crime and the prison industrial system are are stigmatic, you know it's it's just your common stigmatic view, so. If, yeah, if Rogan is, huh? No, he he doesn't. I don't. I I can't say because I listen to him religiously, man. You know what I mean. And I and I can't mm. really say that he has a. I don't. I don't think he he. I don't think he has an opinion either way. You know what I mean, uh, on the on the subject. But he does have a a strong conviction to help folks that have been wrongfully convicted through like you know who's the guy that he the foundation that he works with the, the lawyers the two lawyers that oh, i can't remember what it is but he god i listen to so much content man it's like i got so much shit in my head i can't bring up certain things but he but he has the perspective of that you know what I mean? He doesn't really so much know about like the whole ghost dope thing, how, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no longer any investigating that goes on in these drug chase, these drug charges and drug cases. It's just one person telling on another person, telling on another person and like how you, with the shit you can't even corroborate, you don't even have the evidence for it. For one, you don't have the drugs. You just have somebody testimony of somebody who's being incentivized to tell. <laughs> You know what right. I mean? We're going to give you less time if you tell us what we want to hear. Basically, is what it is. Right. Well, that's exactly what it is. But yet, it doesn't work both ways. Right. They don't. When when cops when cops are in there or 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 dirty officials or anything like that, they don't want them to tell. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's 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 different for them. Well, I mean. Just, I mean, have we have, have we ever saw, have we ever saw on your A and E shows or any of these other jail shows, have we ever saw a cop in the interrogation room, a politician in the interrogation room? Have we ever saw that? Has has there been any episodes of of that type of of interrogation? No, because those people don't get interrogated like that. That, that's you know those those folks i mean the let's just put the police in 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 general is not to protect and to serve the public it's to protect and to serve property right mm -hmm. and it's usually not the poor people's property because <laughs> they they don't own those properties right 
it's to protect and to serve the the politicians the people you know the, the millionaires you know if you look in if you, every every city has a family that has been there since the beginning you know what i mean since that city became something if that if that family stayed there and those families are usually like the ones that own a lot of the land around the area and become the you know what i mean the 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 prominent family in that community and it's no different than the national scene you know what i mean just look it's just look at the bushes it's a family the clintons their families their families long histories of these families mm. you know what i mean hundreds of years Yep, and so it says there's no difference. There's no difference. It's just on a smaller scale. I think scale. the bushes go back to like the 1200s or the 1300s or something like that. You know, have you seen, have you watched Yellowstone? No, the show? Yeah, it's no. a great show, man. They have the prequel to, to that was 1883 and it's on available on Hulu. I think it's Hulu. Hmm. Or no, no, Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, yeah. My parents it, are into that. Yep, 1883, dude, is is goes back to when they landed or they were trying to migrate across the united states back when the indians in the in, in the native americans right like the apaches and the and the navajo and all those other ones of the crazy which ones are the ones that were that rode the horses all crazy were able to like get down and like do crazy stuff with the arrows underneath the horse's neck you know what i mean i, I don't know if that was they were the apache or not but they no had idea. to go through they had to go through like indian territory right and mm -hmm. then back in that time they would send folks with with you know hey you know free land if you go here but a lot of it was the government you know as a ploy to flush out the indians so they used the, they used the settlers as like bait and dude they, it was savage back in those days man there's so much killing that went on. Like, dude, your life expectancy, I would imagine, probably wasn't very long. No, of course not. I mean, you're 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 unbeknownst to the to the individual that's that's traversing the land, they're invading land, but they're not thinking like that. They think that they're oh man, we're 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 building, we're growing. This this thing is growing. We're fighting against these savages because that's what they were told. Same premise of of today. Mm -hmm. the same premise of today going against crime you know except now the, the people in the poor community are the savages you know but it's still the same premise and the same game these, plan and they use these, they use the these, natives well no no the they settlers use, they use like so in the prison system right they use media like cops or like yeah. lockup and that's what informs the public of mm -hmm what what these people are right these people these criminals right if you watch cops what do you what what's your main takeaway from the show cops bunch of dumbass fucking criminals right they deserve to be locked up and then lockup which came after cops right is these suckers from cops that got busted are now in prison and look at how savage these prisoners are. They're trying to kill each other. Do you, is that what you want coming back out to the streets? Mm -hmm. No, these guys belong where they're at, right? So they're reinforcing the, the, what cops showed them. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then it all, and it, in my opinion, it all, it all correlates from, you know, the 95 or 94 crime bill, you know, and then also the Iran Contra thing where they were flooding the, the, the cocaine in, right? So they changed the laws. Oliver North. Yeah, they changed the laws, right? They also, in, around this period of time, they went from allowing private prisons. And so they built a shitload of prisons. Now they got to fill them up, right? How are you going to fill them up? change the laws double the crime double the penalties for crack cocaine and then flood the inner cities with it and allow these these all these poor people right to start selling crack and and and, 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 and introducing it into the community the black community and there you go here's here's our fucking here's our our our, <laughs> our inmates we just got them all now he's got and, see, and i've been <clears throat> and i've been reaching out to rick ross man you know I was I was incarcerated with Rick Ross in the federal system at it in it uh in Iowa State out there in Texas, man. Texarkana. Beaumont? No, Beaumont came later, but I was at Texarkana with Rick Ross and, and we used to go out to the weight pile and work out together. And I was actually writing the book that I have on the shelf right in there was edited by the the guy named Seven. There was a dude named Seven that was doing his books because he had a whole book thing going on in the inside. So we were talking and whatnot, and, and we talked about his trial, the corruption in his trial. He's out there now. I mean, Rick Ross is out talking yep. about a lot of that stuff now, but I've been reaching out to him to try to, because I'm curious. My question is this, when it came out there, like was, did they, did they introduce crack did they like show the individual how to how to transform crack into coke or was that something where people in the hood just took cocaine and said you know what we could flip this this kind of way kind of like how they they designed it in new jack city somebody you know? somebody showed them and <laughs> you think, how you I, think how the I, cia go ahead yeah 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 i think that somebody showed them how to do it just like you know somebody showed the first people how to how to do something right you you know it's meth. yeah and in meth too so when i was because in vegas that's where i that was my that was my jam meth was my jam man you know what i mean mm -hmm. so when i was in vegas i would hear stories in 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 jail when i was doing my pretrial because i was over in the city jail for federal pretrial and then i was i had a state case too so i was over in state first for you know almost i don't know seven months and then i went over to the other one and i would hear stories from guys and i heard i heard it from different people where the, the, somebody was showing some people how to make make meth in vegas mm -hmm. and this was around the time when i mean dude Look at, look at all of the, why wouldn't they do this? If they do this with everything else, they, they create the problem so they can bring you the solution or sell you the solution. Right. And so if they're creating the problem by all of this meth being, you know, consumed and distributed and, and what, whatnot in Vegas, well, then they can bust people for that. Right. Cause you got more, just think of all of the crime that methamphetamine produces yeah all the money it generates no well it generate it, it depends on on 
what you're talking about. It generates money for generates money for the government. For the it government, keeps the system for going. The cartels, right? Because sure. they're the ones that are making making it and bringing it over. But well, that's who the part. That's who the partnership is with. Do you, yeah. I mean do do people honestly believe that these cartels are smuggling this amount of dope into America? Right. This is a contract that the cartels have with America. If we see what America is doing in Ukraine and all the other corruption that it's it's involved in throughout history, then you'd be a fool to think that these people don't have some undercover contract with these cartels. And maybe that's why all these 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 people are being flooded through the border because of these contracts. I mean, who knows what this organization. It's a CCE to me. That's what they would slap on me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it just, that was my point that, I mean, just look at what our government's done right in the past <laughs> that, you know, you, that's public knowledge, you know, it's not conspiracy. It's not like, Oh, do you don't know anything? You're just talking out of your ass. It's your opinion. No, no, no. A lot of this stuff that, you know, has come out the, the Oliver North stuff that's come out. That's real. That's legit. You know, oh, it's legit. You know, if they're willing to do that, then why why wouldn't they do anything else? You know what I mean? And uh, all of the immunity. So just like, why would why would a why would a cop want to do a good job if he knows that he he he'll never get fired? Right? You know what I mean? It, unless he does something extreme, like like shoot somebody <laughs> unjustly. But I mean, if you know that you're never going to get in trouble, you have that applied immunity. Is that, you know what I mean? Judges and, and police officers have this immunity. And then also, too, you know, the things that we've been going through the last three years, those companies have immunity, too. So why would they any why would you want to do a good job if you don't have to? Because you're never going to have any consequences. <laughs> well, that's to imply that that cops are going in to, to be bad people. And although there's probably a large percentage that do, I would say that that's not the majority. However, the government understands that, right? It's, it's, so they have to manipulate these people as well. Like these cops actually think that they're doing good work by breaking the law in their minds, their minds have been trained to think that it's okay for me to break the law to catch these criminals because I can't get in, I'm protected because they know we have what we have to go through. So that is the justification in that human being's mind while he's out here wrestling this guy down to the ground, right? It's, it's all of this combined. It leads into the fact of, again, the, the breakdown of the, the body cam footage that I, I did on my YouTube channel and where we have Americans screaming about Tyree Nichols and saying, why was he resisting? Why was he resisting? Well, he wasn't resisting. You just heard the cop say that he was resisting and it automatically triggered your mind into questioning why is he resisting, Right. Because we have been manipulated and trained into thinking, right? Yeah. Into in, that when we see a white coat, when we see a blue uniform, 
any kind of any kind of government uniform we have been trained to believe without question without thought this is why when a doctor comes and tells you something to that extent right you believe him without question if a cop comes and tells you to do anything you do it without question because you've been trained to do so yeah so, so now when we're sitting here watching sense. a video and we see this cop yelling at people, get on the ground, stop moving, stop resisting. In your mind, you're automatically going and looking at the person that's on the ground as the criminal. And that's what they're trained to say. Anytime when they, there's, a, there's any kind of a scuffle, that's the one thing that they say. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. Stop resisting. And you could like, I got my ass handed to me by the CHP and you know, they, they said that I was resisting, but I wasn't. And I know that I wasn't cause I was too drunk to be resisting. I was fucking 0.28. I couldn't barely even stand up. How am I going to resist? Hmm. You know, but yeah, it's, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense because you automatically, you don't even think about what's going on with the dude on the ground. You're just thinking like, Oh, psh, well, yeah, he shouldn't have, he shouldn't have been resisting. You don't question the cop. And then that is why, that is why and how an individual like Tyree Nichols can be beat to death, an American citizen. Let's not lose the fact of the case that this American citizen was beat to death on the the streets of Memphis in the in the early evenings of, of a weeknight. You see what I'm saying? And it's it's understanding how that happens and nobody interjects with that because when people see that occurring in their minds they're, they're automatically man that dude must have done something bad he must be a killer he must have done something versus why are these cops beating that person like that now is this the one that that got beat up by all the all black cops in the five in, in memphis right who we're finding out i haven't been following i've been so busy but we're finding out had a vendetta so to say on this this person on tyree so the the main cop demetrius oh there, there's this is the issue this is the issue in america and, and and my message when i say that crime is created and that's why i broke down that video to show america exactly how crime is created so you had these five cops who is part of a a, a a group called the Scorpion Unit. Every city has one of these, these units, right? Multiple of them. And what it is, is this is a unit that has been designed to patrol, quote unquote, high crime areas, right? Now, what are the high crime areas? Your uber poor communities. That is what high crime areas are. Now, when it comes to the zoning of high crime areas, the, the rules are different, right? You can get more time for your sentence, the, the cops have special funding, all of this, right? And you, Sean, may not even know <clears throat> you're living in a high crime area. You're just a poor person trying to get a place wherever the hell you can get a place at. Your credit's bad. You got a couple felony convictions. You know what I mean? You've had a, a run-in with Section 8 before, whatever. You know, you've made some bad decisions. You're just trying to survive. <laughs> you made some bad decisions. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> you know, you, you made know? some bad decisions. You know, you, you, you turned left when you should have turned right a couple of times. 
we make some we make some bad choices, you know, and and this is just what happens. But so you have this 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 unit called a scorpion unit, right? And they patrol these areas, and they are aggressive, aggressive people. And and I'm willing to bet a lot of times these officers have grown up in these communities and probably were bullied as kids. Now they become officers and they get to patrol these these areas now. You know what I mean? And and put pressure on the ones that were bullying them. So I like to say this. Let's let's pretend because everybody's into these parallel universes and all this stuff, right? So let's pretend a Tyree Nichols in a parallel universe survived this incident and there were no cameras. That Tyree Nichols is now sitting in a county jail in Memphis with probably 20 charges on him with a 60 to $70,000 bond, right? Because you heard these officers saying he tried to grab my gun. He punched me in the face. He was high on drugs. He must've thrown his drugs. All of these are charges. Remember, there's no cameras. So now this Tyree, right, going into what, what I wanted to discuss about, about innocence being in prison and, and how can you, more specifically, how can an innocent person plea to a guilty charge, right? I'm explaining this now. So you have this Tyree now with this decision sitting in this county jail as to I have to plea or go to trial. You have this prosecutor that comes in telling you now, Tyree, you made a mistake, right? Nice way to put it. You made a mistake. You got a little crazy. It happens. You're a good kid. You haven't been in trouble before. You're looking at some serious charges, but I'll tell you what we'll do. You sign this plea, you'll get three years prison, five, followed by five years probation, and then you can just restart your life. You're 29 years old. You can come home. You take three years, you'll be home in a year and a half. You can restart your life and 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 go on about your business. But if you go to trial, hold on, let me finish. This is this is the whole this is the whole thing now. If you go to trial, Tyree, you're not gonna get this deal. There is no plea. And the maximum sentence that you're looking at is anywhere from 20 to 30 years. I mean, you attacked an officer, you tried to grab his gun, Tyree. (laughs) <laughs> now, what does what does Tyree do? Does he go to trial against five officers and try to say that what what they're saying did not happen when they have the video that or well, no, because there was no videos, like I say, but he's trying to explain what what occurred, who what what jury is going to, to believe him. And they have a courtroom full of cops, right? He's going to be convicted. He's going to be found guilty. He's going to go to prison for 20 years. So he has to take this plea. He has to plead guilty to a charge that he knows he did not do. Now he's got to go to prison. And who knows what happens to him in prison? All because of one occurrence from some some cops, right? Some aggressive-ass cops who don't know or care about our American constitutional rights but where does the vendetta come in so in this particular case i'm on i'm on youtube as well so in this particular or not youtube but tiktok good morning so on this particular case right the 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 head guy demetrius haley for this for this scorpion unit 
his ex-wife and mother of his child is dating Tyree, was dating Tyree. They were both working at a FedEx office together. And when you watch the body cam footage, right, after they beat this man to death on this corner and, and dragged him, you know, up and, and slung him up. He wasn't dead at this time. God rest his soul, but and slung him up against a cop car. He took his personal cell phone and took a picture. This is all in the, in the video. He took a picture of him. Now, that picture that he took, he sent to his ex-wife. And there was a text. I, I'm not going to say what the text said because I, I can't recall any of what it was. But there was a text also. Mm. She turned that over when it when it came in. So he set up this whole situation and got his little scorpion gang together and mm. said, hey, let's go rough this dude up. He's fucking or doing whatever with my ex. Blah, 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 whether he lied about it or not. And so that's how that took place. Man, woo. That's, that's, uh, you know, but I mean, look, I wouldn't say that as somebody I've been to prison and I, you know, most of my, my family from my dad's side were law enforcement and I, I don't think defunding the police is a good idea. I think they need more training. I think no, we they... definitely need to, we definitely need to take away the funding from the police that they were given through the Patriot Act. We have to strip them of this militarized unit that they have. When we say defund the police, we're not talking about taking away the, the, the police departments or anything like that. We're talking about taking away the, the, all these gadgets and gears that they have to infiltrate our rights and abuse our rights the way that they have because of the Patriot Act and, and everything that's come because of that. I don't know. I mean, I think I think they need to go back to a different way. I think there needs to be more community liaisons, you know what I mean, that help to de-escalate situations. You know what I mean? Like a liaison from whatever the community is, you know what I mean? Where you, you know what I mean? Because when a cops come in, that's where the, their training lacks, right? They come in too aggressively in situations, and a lot of times they they cause the they cause the chaos, right? And yeah, the person could be not, you know, reacting the way that they do. But I mean, look, most of those folks don't know how to respond; they just know how to react. And you don't know what kind of you know background that they have. You know, if they come from an abusive home, do they get triggered by somebody yelling at them? You know, I mean, there's all these things that you need to take into account. And yeah, I mean, is it the, the cops, you know, responsibility to do that? Well, yeah, I mean, it kind of is. You know, if you're really here to protect and to serve, right? And if you are here to protect and to serve the public. in Which they're people, not. People are the they're, public. You they're know what not, I mean? though. That's the important key. They are not. The Supreme Court came out and said that it is not a cop's duty to protect the public. Just property. No, to protect the public. And this came after the, that, that whole thing came where that homeless man was drowning and those cops did nothing to save him. And, and that's when the Supreme Court came out because there was... 
there was uproar about that. Like, how can cops sit here? That's their duty to, to dive in there and save that man. And the Supreme Court said, no, that is not their duty to protect the public. That yeah, is, no, I mean, you can, you can search that. I Well, so now, is it, so here's one. If it's not their duty and they're not responsible for saving a drowning person and they could just stand by idly and watch them drown, now would that would that pertain to you and I, or would we be charged with a crime for allowing this person to to expire? Well, that's that's a very good question. Does that pertain to us? Now, remember what was that out there in Washington? That was out in your way, I believe, where the one homeless man walked out into the into the water, and there was a group of kids that sat there and watched him drown. And there was uproar over that. They wanted those those kids charged, right? For allowing that man, they sat there and was making fun of him as they as he, as he just finally went underwater and never came back up. You know, so were those kids charged? I can't remember if those kids were charged, but I know that there was an uproar for those kids to be charged. So- Now I guarantee you, if it was a person, if it was adults, if that was five homeboys just hanging out, you know what I mean? That were, you know, of age, they're adults and they did the same thing. I guarantee you that they would be charged with it. But see, that's, that's the thing about life, right? Because for me personally, I don't need a, a, a person in uniform to charge any other human being for something that I hold myself accountable as atrocious. You see what I'm saying? Just because a law or, or or you're not charged with a just because you're not charged with a crime doesn't mean you're not a criminal in the aspect of human nature, right? Anybody that sits there and watches somebody die when they have the ability to help them, right, is is a is a demon. That's a demon. Regardless, if you go to jail for it, charge for it, or if you're in a land where it says you're you're it's admissible to do that in my eyes how i'm going to view you you're demonic because that's not what life is about you know what i mean yeah but i mean i don't i don't know i so and that's just me but but again talking about yin and yang you 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 know there may be humans out there that have a higher or different understanding that life has it, I, you know, who knows? We can yeah, only do what we feel is right in our gut. Yeah, I mean, so here, so here's the situation. Back when I was using, right, I was high on meth, and I was, you know, arguing with my now was my wife at the time, and you know, you know how you get high, strung, and shit, and so. <clears throat> I was speeding through the back roads trying to go and, and get over to her house and because we're arguing. She won't pick up the phone and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over there. And so I shouldn't have been driving, first of all, because I I'm, I'm, was on, on meth. And I'm going mm. through the back roads and there was a car that had flipped over, right? And there was no emergency services there yet. And there was a, a teenager, you know, it must have been somebody in high school that was there. Right. And I could hear the guy, you know what I mean? Hey, I need help, help me, help me. And I'm like, dude, I'm not sticking around because I'm high. Right. 
I'm gonna go to jail if the cop sees me all bugged out on 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 meth. And so I'm just like, dude, I'm out. I gotta go. And I left that I left that that scene, that situation. All right. Do I feel bad about it? Of course. I should have stayed and I should have helped. But self-preservation, I, I don't want to go to jail, right? And so I did what I, you know, what a what anything addict would have done. You know what I mean? Any egoic human being. You know what I mean? I'm, I bounced to go do what I got to do. You know, the kid's there. He already called the 911. I'm out. got to go. But does that make me a demon? Is that a demon? Yes. Was, was, does that make yes. demonic? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you have to be able to admit that and be okay with that. Because the, the point that we can recognize, because we have to understand what is demonic, right? The, it's, it's the ego. The ego, pride is the most demonic thing that we have about us because it's all about materialism. That's what puts, just like you said it yourself, you said, I'm all about self-preservation in that moment. So I'd rather let this person get hurt from the damage that I may have caused rather than me getting in trouble for it. That is ego. I didn't right? flip his car over. But I'm saying, but, <laughs> I, didn't, but I didn't cause that situation. But maybe you did. And a lot of times we cause situations, right? Just like you just said, we cause situations that maybe or maybe not, we may not have a direct in impact on that encounter, but it's been brought into our cipher. And like you said, I shouldn't have been driving because I was on meth, right? These are the chain of events that people have to understand and break down so that they can understand how everything always comes back to self. There is nobody to blame but self when it comes down to it. But this came into your cipher and because of the egoic nature that an addict has, that we have as addicts, it's all about, that's what addiction is. It's all about self. And the deeper you get into that addiction, the more you're like, man, damn this, damn that, damn my parents. They don't need this money. They don't need their jewelry. They don't do nothing with it. It just sits in their jewelry box just sitting there rotten you know what i mean i could be getting high with this stuff so damn it's, you thomas damn you <laughs> that is the for, for making, yes. making the case that i'm a demon <laughs> but but the, the 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 beauty of that sean though is look who you are today right truth be told oh, I, did, I did some fucked up shit i'll tell you that but well me too partner I was, I was a, a severe, like I was hurting people, you know what I mean? And, and I was doing bad, bad things, but now I'm a community leader. Yeah, yeah. That's the importance of why we do what we do, because truth be told, I forgot that you were an addict on a, a meth addict until you brought it up. So that speaks volumes because I don't see that in you as we talk. Some people you can see are, are still... You know what I mean? They're they're like this as they talk, and you you you're just a normal functioning human being now, and that's how you resonate. Mm. So, the importance of that is is that story in itself because there are individuals who are trying to get where you're at. You as an addict, no, you hated being an addict. That is not what you you did not like doing drugs. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. It was just. It's just that we get caught in this hamster wheel. And before you realize that you're on a hamster wheel, you've been running in a circle already, but now it's all, you know, you see what I'm saying? And, and you're now you're scared to get off this hamster wheel because 
of whatever reason. So these stories, this is why I do what I do to share who I am, the, the, how I've traversed. Oh, you know and, I, I mean? and I don't, and I don't, and that's the first time I ever told that story publicly. I never, I never tell that story because it's a, that's an embarrassing story. That's a, that's a, I know you're going to judge me. St- I know you're going to judge me when you hear that story. But let them judge, you know, it, it, let them judge. And, and, and they have to deal with that judgment in their own, right? This is where I've came across and, and this is how I am. This is how I can talk about my abuse. This is how I can talk about the things that I've been through because it's me and I love who I am. I'm proud of who I am. You know, I'm an oak tree in the wind now. I, 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 I enjoy haters. I love my haters. They inspire me. <laughs> they can't shake me. You know, so when people judge me, I question whether I have a right to be judged in that moment. I always question, like Socrates says, question everything. Question your thoughts, question everything. So when something is presented to you, don't react to it right away. Question it. Why did this happen? What did this come into my cipher? Do I deserve this? You know, don't ever be embarrassed of who you are or your past or anything of that nature because you are who you are today because of every decision that you've made in your life. And, and in my eyes and tra- Thomas Freeme's eyes, you're a good dude. You're a good, solid American who, who does what he, he has to do to, to support his, his child that you love. You know what I'm saying? And you're, you're a good father. You're, you're a good man. You make me cry. And that's, man. that's something to be proud of. No, nah, there's nothing to cry about. No, and if I'm, you I'm, cry, thank you. you I, cry. I appreciate that. But we all need to be taught these things at times because how, as a man now, how often do you get told that? That's the important question. Well, I mean, as a you, unless somebody's telling you that, the only narratives you have are the ones that that go through your head, right? You know what I mean. And those are, you know, the daily, you know, grind that you go through to to you know. For me, it's you know getting up at two thirty in the morning and two 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 hours. A com- you know, actually two hour, hour and a half to get there, an hour and a half maybe to get home, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to four hours a day sucks, you know, but it's like, you know, I got a kid to support. I got, you know, these things, I got to be an adult. I can't, you know what I mean? Can't run away from, from responsibility anymore. You've got, you know, got to grow up all these things that, you know, most folks, you know, that go to prison or suffer traumas sort of stay, stay in that same mindset where that trauma happened, right? Mm-hmm. They don't progress. They right. just sort of, they just sort of, they're in like suspended animation in a way. And it's, they don't have that for whatever reason, like for me, it, it just, none of the, the stuff that you're supposed to get in the normal ways of, of growing up, you know, happen. And so like, you know, normally, you figure out how to build your self-esteem through setting goals and accomplishing those goals and realizing, oh, I can do this, so let me try this. And this there's this natural progression of things that build your self-esteem and your confidence. And if you don't have that as a kid, when you start to turn the corner and, and you know, if you're, you have criminality or addiction or any of these things, when you shake those, when you start to pick up back where you left off at right 
and start progressing again, you start to realize these things. So I realized it later on that, oh, you do this and this is how you build your self-esteem. I, I started to do this. I accomplished it. Now I moved to do this and I accomplished that. And your wins just keep becoming bigger wins, right? That push you along further, that tell that that inform you, oh, if I could do this, then now I can do that. And if I can do that, now I can do that over there. And so I think kids need that. You know what I mean? When they're, when they're younger, they need to experience that in the right way versus finding it in, in all of the other ways that don't really sort of, I don't know, they're not healthy. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And for my TikTok listeners, I apologize, but I'm, I'm live on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube channel and, and get in on the discussion so you can hear, you know, I'm, I'm a guest on a show called nowhere to go up with Sean Dustin, but I appreciate it. I'm sorry. I didn't say that earlier, but we were just in the middle. That's man. When I'm flowing, when we're flowing, we're flowing. You just gotta, <laughs> right. you gotta, yeah. but, and for my listeners, and I have to be better at that as well is, is uh, for my audio listeners being more descriptive for them, you know, because I, 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 uh, yeah. But yeah, and I didn't even, I didn't even announce, I just started recording too. And so I haven't even said anything. So, you know, if you're, I'll have to add it in, in the beginning of it where I, you know, give a little intro of, of what the conversation's about. Cause this wasn't, this was planned and we got to it and we're like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Shit. And it, this is, didn't this really is what think we about do. Yep. And so we I just had, I just had an act and an, an author on Miss Penny Pierce. And, and I got to get that out. I got to edit that out and get that out. We talk about personal vibration, but same thing. She loves coming on the show because most shows that she goes on is just Q and a, mm -hmm. but it's same thing with her. As soon as we connect, I just hit record and we just go. And then like you say, I'll go and record something in the beginning and then put it as a prequel to it. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, there's no shortage of stuff to talk about. That's for sure. You know what I mean? And, but if you're on YouTube and, and we are, we are live on mine as well. So yeah. you know, if you're watching yeah. over there, if you do watch this over there, this is Thomas Freemy. He was, and you prefaced how, how we, we came to, you know, yeah. actually we, we met in a, in a re-entry in Shana Bowe's re-entry group. group. And then that just sort of fizzled out and then everybody sort of just went their own ways. And then we reconnected because we did reconnect and you can catch that on, if you look on my YouTube channel, the live streams, there's uh, Tampa Joe's was where we met at. Tampa Joe's. Yeah. I have that as well. So, but that these are the issues, you know, and, and one of the problems I wanted to talk about is, is Curtis Davis Jr. Right. A case out of Mississippi. This is an individual who is, is DNA cleared of his crime, been incarcerated for 17 years, got 30 years for, and pled guilty to a second degree murder. He pled guilty to a crime he did not commit because of the extortion that was being put down on him, that they were going to charge his family with first degree murder if he did not take the plea. Now, what this was, was a case where, uh, I believe his name was William McHouston, McQuiston, McHouston, something along those lines. And he was married to a woman who had a daughter. That daughter, Jala, Najala, something along to that effect. I, I don't know how to pronounce these people's names because this side of the family hasn't contacted me yet. 
and I and I and I say yes. So the the family, the the wife, the wife's daughter was married to Curtis Davis Jr. Now the husband had money, and to sum this up quickly, the wife had taken an insurance policy out on the husband the year prior or something to that effect. Curtis Davis Jr. had an altercation with his father-in-law three months prior and never went back to the house. It's important. He never went back to the house for three months before the crime. The crime occurs. William is shot with a, a shotgun. The daughter, these are the facts. The daughter has possession of the shotgun and turns it over to another woman by the name of Betty White, who is Curtis's cousin, best friend, something along those lines. And she disposes it of in a dumpster. Now, these two individuals had actual possession of the murder weapon. The wife, Najala, calls the police and tells the police, makes a statement to the sheriff. This is way down the road after investigation. I have him live on one of my episodes and I'm getting ready to do another podcast with him as well when I can get lined up for all of the specifics on that. But she made a, a statement, again, facts. She made a statement to the sheriff that she spoke to Curtis Davis Jr. moments before the altercation, before the murder at the crime scene. Now, they did DNA testing of the crime scene, of the phone. They went and got his, his boots. They confiscated his boots from the, his house, his Timberland boots. There was no evidence whatsoever. They confiscated evidence under William's fingernails because he was at, actually able to grab a hold and scratch his assailant or, or something to that effect. Everything was inconclusive. This man was nowhere on the scene that day. Hmm. Now, this came out four days before, this came out on August 27th of 2009. Four days later, he was ushered into the courthouse, into, into the, the jailhouse by his attorney and was forced to sign a plea on that Sunday for the second degree murder because they told them that that this was the option. This was what his attorney told him, that this was his option the, 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 the evidence against him was outstanding and that if he took it to trial, that he was going to walk and have to find another attorney. So he signed for the, without knowing that there was DNA evidence out there clearing him. He didn't even know about his own DNA evidence till years down the road after he, he discovered it through his appeal, just be, due diligence. Isn't that crazy that they cannot disclose stuff? that could exonerate you this is what our vice president did this is what kamala harris did as a senator out there in california with the five individuals that were on death row because she knew that uncovering that by telling the truth would uncover the fact that she withheld evidence as a prosecutor well the feds do that all the time though they they all the time they always hide evidence and they always, you know, make up some stuff. They, it, it's really, it, I, I'm telling you, man, it's this whole, it's the applied immunity thing. You get rid of applied immunity and these folks can start taking responsibility for their actions. If they do something wrong, if they break the law, if they cheat, 
Because really, that's all they're, what they're doing is they're cheating. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, tr- to get... Well, you know, applied applied immunity protects them. Yeah, I know. Because, get rid of because that. this... But they're not going to. Why? They're never going to get rid of applied immunity because that collapses the system. And when you collapse the system, then you're talking about these attorneys and judges and cops and everybody that's tied into that, that send their kids to college and, and, and buy nice houses and live nice lives because of that. So when we're talking about eradicating crime, that's not, that's fiction. That's something that they tell the public in order to get them to donate money. We want to eradicate crime. We want to fight crime. No, you don't because you get paid from crime. Your career is crime. So when we're talking about going and hiring an attorney, that attorney is the, their career, their whole basis. Like universities are built off this. Harvard, Yale, Stetson. You see what I'm saying? Built off crime. No, I, I get it. I mean, it's almost the same as, you know, having these people and senators, you know what I mean, have term limits. They're the only ones that can can vote for there to be term limits. And so are they going to vote themselves out? No, they're not. So, yeah, right. I guess you could see it in the same sort of light. It's it's all it's all in the protection of government. It's all in the protection of government. It's like how many people really sit there and watch C-SPAN when it comes to you know, the floor discussing our our rights or problems that are going on in the communities or or anything of that nature. When you sit here and listen to these people speak, it's disgusting, you know, because you have these people that sit up there and they're judges, not judges, literally judges, but they're, 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 they're human beings who take no, no accountability for self. And they're constantly placing the blame on the poor community or on us American citizens. It's always our fault. It's nothing that they've done. It's none of the bills that they've created. It's nothing of that, that extent, right? It's always us. And when you sit here and you listen to these people, it's they, 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 and it just, it just, this is where the division lies within, right? They are not for the people. So, at, at what point, Mr. Sean Dustin, do we sit back as American citizens and say, what are we going to do to, to understand what kind of environment, what kind of society is this? Are we truly slaves? Are we still enslaved? Or are we, are we a democracy? Are we free? If we're free, then, then let's not pay our taxes and let's not Let's not, what else? Let's not vote. Let's not vote and let's not pay our taxes if we're That's free. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk, Thomas Freeman. That's just crazy talk. But we're free. <laughs> no, what we're happens? not. We're not free though. Of course we're not free because we have debt. And as long as you're born into debt, you're a slave. And that's what that's what people need to understand. Well, it's called debt slavery. And so we were been indoctrinated into debt slavery. Most of us, if you've gone to college from the time you, you get to college in the first day, they, in the quad, they usually have, you know, give you credit cards, you know what I mean? You're in, you, they'll give them to you. So they lock you into that debt from, from day one, your, your student loans. That's another f- form of, of, of debt slavery because you don't, can't get out of those. 
You know, you've got this collar on you for life. <clears throat> and even if you yeah. die, you, you, they'll take, they'll take your student loans out of your, out of your estate before anybody else can touch it. It's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. That's and ridiculous. so, and, and it, that's the coercion. But we're born into coercion. Debt. We're born into debt. That is that social security card is that credit card that you speak of. Oh, oh that social security that number. Red number. That red number is something. That that's what that is. We're born into debt. And and when we get into the prison industrial system, again, this is this is my message because this is how crime is created and why it's created. Because when you sit here and you factor in your your US national debt, because how how what is this debt ceiling these people are talking about, right? This debt ceiling is a number that these people come up with to say that in the next hundred years, Americans are going to generate this much money, right? Now, however, they factor that in. That is what that debt ceiling is. So they're saying now, as they're saying, we're going to raise that. We're we need to vote to raise this debt ceiling. Now they're saying, okay, now we're going to push from a hundred years to 200 years. We're going to say Americans are going to generate this for the next 200 years. And that's how we're going to print this money and lock so, this in. So is that why the birth rates are so important? Because without, without new births, there's no, there's no new social security numbers generated. And if that social security number has a number that's connected to it. So each person has like, a, a what is it? A million so you're you're worth a million dollars worth of energy that you're going right. to expend in your lifetime. And so they can hedge that million dollars with all the other million dollars that have been born in that year to to hedge against, you know what I mean, to borrow money from like China or these other countries. And so none of these other countries do the same shit too. And so they're all, they're all hedging fucking, you know what I mean? The birth rates. And when the birth rates are in decline as they are now, you know what I mean? Although they spiked a little bit during COVID, you know, cause everybody was at home and, you know, pregnancies went up, but I mean, in general, birth rates are going down. Mm -hmm. And so. I, well, I that's know. why you have like China where, where China was controlling its birth rates at time. You're, you're spot on. That's exactly right. And now take that and apply that to the poor community. Apply that to a family that, that the government knows is not going to generate anywhere near that $1 million of, of energy, right? Mm. How, can we, how can we generate that from this human being without them costing the state money, the exorbitant amount of money that this human being, we incarcerate them. Yep, and we get, get that $46,000 a year to pay for your ass <laughs> that that person would never generate a year on their own in society. That person would never generate 46. You know how hard it is to get a salary of $46,000 a year It's very hard to get that. Mm. You know what I mean? You're talking, you're talking $25 an hour, almost somewhere roughly around there. You know, that's, that's, that is a managerial position that that isn't, that isn't poor people's position, not for the majority. Registers, waitresses, people like that aren't making that type of money.
Well, let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. The $15 an hour minimum wage is not a living wage for anybody in in any, in any economy, you know what I mean? In the United States, not even in the poorest, poorest places, $15 an hour is not going to, is not going to cut it. $15 an hour right now will not even pay your rent in the, in the Uber poor community, right? It Mm -hmm. won't do it. You have to go and you have to get a side hustle. And you don't think that these economists know that? Of course they know that. That goes into the design, right? Because they want that person to struggle. Because what happens when you struggle? You become toxic. Your thought process becomes toxic. You're not critically thinking no more. You're thinking out of survival. Your time is consumed because now I got to work this job, which is slaving me out. Walmart is slaving the shit out of me. Amazon is slaving the shit out of me. And then I got to go home and get another damn job. And I got a kid and I'm single. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because I had a girl, I decided to have a kid with a girl that, you know, thought that I had something going. She heard Amazon was the shit, but then she realizes that it's not. And now she wants to go back to her drug dealer. So now (laughs) I'm stuck with a kid on my own. You see what I'm saying? So it's, these are the decisions that we make in the poor community because we never have time to, to action orient. We never have time to plan. We're constantly moving and just reacting to whatever. Damn, bills are made. I got to go do this. Damn, that. And that's all because of the $15 an hour. And that's why I say they know that. They have to generate crime to keep this thing going. Mm. You know what was was interesting to kind of like your point on allowing certain crimes or building in things that will allow crime. Right. And so here's my point. When I was doing credit card fraud, we were doing the, uh, this is around the time when the, the order online and pick up in store was started and everything was alpha didn't matter. Just numeric. Right. So as long as the numbers matched the credit card number, the, the CCV, the, the zip code, as long as all your numeric stuff matched, you could put whatever you wanted alpha, alpha wise. Right. So I I could put somebody else's name on the order and, but as long as all the numbers matched and then the credit card matched the four numbers all the alpha shit didn't matter, right? All mm. of your your address, your you know, as long you could put whatever address you wanted on there. Like, it, let's say you lived on Zippity Doodah Way, right? You could put or else way, and as long as the numbers matched, it went through. So That's I think right. that they build these things in because why would you just only care about numeric, right? Why wouldn't you care about everything being correct? So there's a loophole there because you could put whatever name you wanted on that, on that order, as long as you could press out the right four numbers on the card to show Mm -hmm. them with your ID. So what I'm saying is, is that I could set up an order in somebody else's legit ID. I didn't have to make a new ID. I could set it up in your legit ID in your name and you, you show them your real ID and you have the the matching four that's a loophole right 
And so if somebody knows how to exploit that loophole, that's, that's, that's creating crime. Of course, because a, a, a rat is always going to try to find his way to the cheese, right? <laughs> if it knows that there's cheese there, cheese being money, it's going to find its way there. Right. And, and however, which way, especially when this is a desperate person, because desperate, desperate human beings, man, can devise some deviant plans. There's no question in that. And then you so, would ask, why would somebody risk their real identity to go and, you know, pick up this, this, this item, you know what I mean? And that's desperation. You know, you get people of out of the poor, poor community, they have no money and they, they're just looking for a quick come up because they got, you know, that bill to pay, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my electricity turned off. And so you catch somebody in the right moment and they're willing to make a, a, you know what I mean? Risk versus reward kind of. Well, decision. I just, I just watched, I just watched the TikTok. This is the dangerousness and this is why and how, man, you're so spot on how crime is created. So I just watched a TikTok of three, three young girls, right? Race doesn't matter. Three young girls walked into a Ross. And they grabbed all kinds of clothes, all of these things, and they're walking out of Ross. Now, all the cameras have them. It's right before they close. So I guess these, these young girls thought that right before they close, it would be busy with the registers, whatnot. They could walk in. So they grab these clothes. And as they're going out, the people are following them out. Got them all on. There's like five Ross attendees. They have cameras, they're filming them. The people are dropping the clothes in the parking lot. They jump, they're walking up on their car. The people at Ross walking up on their car, filming their tag. As the young girls get in a, a car, I think it was like a, a golf, a Volkswagen golf hatchback. It's a nice, a nice car for some teens or whatever. And they took off, they got their tag and everything. So, you know, they got caught for that. Now, why did those teens do that? right? The risk reward that you were talking about, what made them do that? Because in these teens' minds, it's more important to them to be fashionable with these clothes, probably some sexy clothes and things of that nature, that it was more important them to them to go to school fashionable and be cool. Maybe they're being bullied or whatever, than it was to not break the law or get the money legally to go purchase the clothes. I, I, that was me. I used to go, man, listen, I used to go into the mall. This was back in the nineties before they really had metal detectors and all this stuff, right? Those little pop-offs and all that, man, I would go into the mall with some baggy clothes and walk out with five or six outfits on Dillard's, you know what I mean? JC Penny back then, because I couldn't buy these clothes, but yeah that but other kids could they were having their parents yeah, buy could, them and you, well you could sell them clothes too if you wanted to you know i mean it's it, that's what i that's what i would do when i was doing that when i was a kid and you don't maybe these girls were selling the clothes right and it really depends on what what state you're talking about so if you're talking about True. this is in california yes they are being incentivized to to steal up to $900 worth of stuff. That's why you see that exact same thing that you're talking about happening in grocery stores in California, where they're walking in and just walking out with a, with a shopping cart full of stuff. And it's under 900 bucks. What are you going to do? You can't do anything about it. 
you know, the cops aren't going to come. They're not going to do anything because you're just going to give them what a citation that they'll never show up to court for anyways. You know, I saw and, that. And it's, and, and it's not a crime. It's under $900. So you're, you're setting up and creating this situation to boost the crime up for what, what do you need to boost the crime up for? by allowing these legislative decisions to, to impact communities in California, right? What is, what is the, the, the gain by doing that? What are you trying to control demolish, right? Cause really that's what you're, or, or what do you, what are you trying to create the perception of high crime for? You that's, know what I mean? That's right. And that's really what it is. Cause you, you, you've allowed something to happen. That's going to boost, boost up, numbers in in an area what do you need them what do you need that boost for you know why but this why, is why, why in, why in other you, countries yeah this is why in other countries you'll see if if you see a man doing something if you see a person doing something man our woman in public that goes against public societal norm like these people like the citizens will pull out a cane and, and start beating this person you know what I mean? Like they'll cut their hands off or whoop them or do, you know, for what? Like stealing? Stealing any, you know, any anything that goes against societal norm because essentially that's what a law is, right? Like a law is that you and I agree with each other that we won't kill each other. Right? So you and I create a, a pact, a law that says I will not kill you and you will not kill me. And if either one of us do this, there's punishment for that. And that that's to protect us from killing each other so that we can survive and live, right? And it's the same with our property. I won't take your property if you don't take mine. So we have these societal norms. And when you have an individual that's out in society that goes against that, the citizens cane them or beat them or, or whatever, right? They see a man beating a woman in, in the middle of, of public or anything of that nature. So why aren't we allowed to do that as American citizens? Why are we not allowed to check people in public? If I see somebody assaulting somebody and, and maybe the person, it's, it's public judgment. I'll tell you right? what, I ain't getting in the fucking middle of no domestic dispute. Fuck that. I've done you know that I mean? once too. Yeah, uh-uh. No, 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 no. That's a that's a that's a bad situation, man. Because the, the 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 moment you start whooping on on her dude, she's gonna turn on you. So it's like, uh, uh, no way. And people are crazy when they get into the when when people are in those types of domestic situations, all logic is out the fucking window, man. I'm telling you right now, as somebody who's been in situations like that. You don't think about nothing, man. You're just in your, you're just in that red zone. You're angry. You know what I mean? Anybody gets in your way, you, you don't really think a whole lot about it. So, I mean, not that I'm advocating it. That's it's absolutely horrible. You shouldn't, you know, if you're a man, you shouldn't be smacking on a woman. Um, you know, but if you're a, a, a innocent bystander that's watching a situation like that, I don't, that's not necessarily the smartest thing to do. Just get it, get yourself involved in it. No, because you have to understand that you're you're dealing with emotional people. You're dealing with people who who have have allowed their emotions to to override their thought process, and they're just they're just expelling. Mm -hmm. But but you know, I, 
in that instance, if you have a crowd of 15 people, right? This is what I'm saying. If you have a child that's 12 years old and he's in Publix and, and, and 15 people see this child acting out and they come and they, and they, they chastise the child, that child will never act out again in Publix. I promise you. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just, it's because we have, a, as American citizens, have become so scared to say anything. And, mm -hmm. and this has happened to yeah, me at, at several points. At some point, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, I'm in 7-Eleven. And I always say something, right? And I, and I try to, to think before I react anymore. But we're in 7-Eleven and this lady has four kids. And she's by herself and she's paying for her stuff right now she leaves or as she's paying for her stuff one of the kids kind of creeps off into a little corner and he's eating you know his 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 treat off in the corner up under the the desk now i don't say anything and i'm sitting there thinking how should i handle this what should i do and i really didn't have the money to pay for the kids stuff i didn't at the time because that's Naturally, what I would do, I did that yesterday with a lady. She couldn't pay for what, what she had, and I just told her to do what I got her, you know. This, I couldn't do that this day. I I paid for what I had, and then when I went outside, you know, they, they went outside. When I went outside, I told the mom, I said, you know, your kid went over into the corner and ate his treat. And she's like, okay, thank you. And that was it. But she gave me attitude. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't, right. Like, okay, thank you. You know what I mean? Why are you like watching my your kids? business? Why are you watching my kids? You know, my and own so kids. <laughs> and then another occurrence talking about the Publix thing where you say that people are filling their carts. I, I witnessed that. And again, I made a, a conscious choice not to say nothing in that moment because I understand people are hungry. I understand economy. People are hungry, you know? So it's, it comes to us, and this is my message, that when these things are presented to us in our life, don't react to them. Just don't react to the first thing that occurs, but sit back and ask and, 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 and think about everything that's going on and then make a conscious choice. What's in your heart the right thing to do? You know, in in the case of of folks that are going and taking these 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 shopping carts full of you know food, I I honestly can't blame them, man. I mean, I I I go to the grocery store, and I pay. I just went, and I it's like a hundred and fifty dollars, and I looked at the 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 little pile of of food there for 150 bucks and i just go god damn man the the price keeps going up and the pile keeps getting smaller and and if i'm feeling this right and i'm a, and i'm a, a a wage earner you know I, I have a career you know i i you make a good a decent wage i'm struggling right mm -hmm. so if i'm struggling and i'm part of the the lower middle class right then what are these other folks that are, you know what I mean? That are, that are barely hanging on in, in, in poverty, right? How are they going to eat? You know, you're not yeah. doing much for them. You, you, you're not, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, man. I just don't. <clears throat> and in, in no way, listener, are we suggesting that anybody steals food 
no publics or or anything of that nature and and the reason i say that you don't do it is because it has nothing to do with the law or or business or anything like that it's because i'm a i'm a firm believer in in negative energy and positive energy and the chaos that comes from that and when you're doing things like that like the individual that took that whole basket full of of food that was all negative energy food that he's going to consume that negative energy into his body and now have that negative energy in his body that's going to have to come out somewhere somehow because all that food was stolen and he knew that he was going to steal that food going in so that changes your whole energy you're not there in comfort you're not there in just the love of buying food things of that nature you're there to steal you're there to to do something you know goic yeah you know that's so that's why one. i don't do stuff like that because it it, it leads into the chaos I, I i don't either but i'm not condoning it i'm just saying i understand but i understand yeah i you do know, you gotta if you there's somebody who has a kid i don't know you know what i mean i i i got a five-year-old and if my five-year-old was starving i would do whatever i had to do to get food to her this goes into that cycle. This goes into that cycle that we were talking about earlier, where there is no thought process. You're just reacting to your environment. You're just reacting to your current situation. My baby's hungry. I need food. I have no money. What do yeah. I do? And there's no thought process as to why. Why is this occurring in my life? Why do I have no money? And my why is my baby hungry? And why is there no food to feed them? Well, ain't no time for all that shit. There's no time. So we justify it. We, it's easier just to blame other people than it is to really sit down and put a thought process into why our environment is that way. Even to get food stamps. You know what I mean? Let's just say you want to go the, the right way. You know, you want to use the system the way that, that it was set up and designed for if you got, you know, the safety net of, of you know what I mean? Okay, I can't afford this. Let me go and try to get some food stamps or some general assistance or whatever the program may be. Uh, food stamps takes forty-eight hours to to get a response, and I think that even if you get some emergency funds, you still gotta like wait a few days. You know what I mean? So what are you gonna do? And yeah, okay, but maybe 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 you were irresponsible and you waited too long and you should have done this. Okay, sure, whatever. That I mean, that's that's very possible. All right, and then you know, but I don't know, man. But learn food stamps. Learn, learn learn how to grow your own food. God damn it. <laughs> well, but food stamps is isn't the right way seeds. either, and and that is that's a, a plausibility. But food stamps and dependency isn't the right way either. It's it's taken, it's each individual needs to take a look at themselves and say, why am I in this position? Where is my money going? How much money am I bringing in versus how much is going out? It's the same as, as fat people. I'm sorry, right? Unless you have, unless you- Are you kidding and, me? I'm sorry. There's no excuse for it unless you have, you know, a, 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 a you know, a health issue, right? And and I, even that can be, and even that can be manageable. But I understand health issues, things of that nature. But for the person who does not take an account to how much food they eat, 
don't listen to their body, could care less about it, you know, have eating disorders because of depression or whatever it is, and they don't want that, to take control of that at all, but they want to sit around and complain and, and want people to do things for them because they're, they're lazy people. They don't want to do nothing. I have no empathy for these people, you know, and it's, it's, it's in that same, that same mindset that we as human beings can get sucked into when it comes to addiction. It's ego. Or you, it's get tra pride. you get trapped in loops. You get trapped in negative loops. And these negative loops continue. They, they, so the, how it even gets started is you, you get into the behavior because it soothes you in some sort of way, right? That's it, right. It, 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 it takes away whatever the bad shit is that you're going through and it alleviates that suffering in some way for you. All right. That's so now right. you're, oh, I got something I know that'll do. And it becomes, now you do it every day and it becomes a daily thing and then it becomes a habit and now it's an addiction. And so those addictions then create other bad behaviors, right? Because now you're trying to feed this addiction and you know, whatever it is, if it's food, if it's drugs, if it's, you have this thing that you've, this loop that you've fallen into this rut that you can't seem to get out of because now it's a habit, it's a, a behavior and all of these other bad behaviors come and follow behind it. And then next thing you know, you're, you're out, you're out selling your ass for, for crack on, on the street. Right. That's right. Or something else, but you know what I mean? Cause it just progressively gets worse and worse and worse and worse until you get out of that loop. Until you get out of that loop. And, and, and the way out of that loop is recognizing how you got into that loop to begin with. You know, first recognizing that you're in a loop and then, okay, we're in a friggin' loop here. Now, how the hell do we get out of it? But it's always going to lead back to self. It's always going to lead back to, to self, you know? Because well, yes, and if, if, you're it's, not, if you're, if you're not dealing. So once you, the, 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 the flip side of that is once you identify these things, right. And you start to understand, oh, this is something I do. You know what I mean? And why do I do this? Because that's where most people, especially the folks that go to prison for short periods of time, one to five years, those folks don't deal with the shit that got them there to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. Because maybe the, they don't, uh, they're not there for a long enough time to be able to qualify for the programs, you know, whatever the case may be. I, I, I find that people that spend longer terms, like 10, you know, anything over five years up to like, you know, 30, 40, those folks don't reoffend. They, they don't no. want to go back. You, they've spent a long enough time there that they're like, Nope, I'm good. And so they, they tend not to reoffend. And, you know, they, a lot of them have come out with, with, you know, amazing perspectives, but the shorter term folks, they don't work on anything when they're there. They're not there long enough to work on anything or to even be able to see or to maybe sit with a long time or, you know, an old timer that will show them like, Hey man, you're thinking it's all fucked up. You know what I mean? And absolutely. And so I, that's where I fell into, you know what I mean? I was there long enough to, to make my body look good. And, and that's it. The rest of me was still toxic inside. And never worked on any kind of like the problems that were really the problems that were creating all that bullshit to begin with the untreated trauma. 
and and that's and that's it exactly and for my for my new TikTok viewers i'm live on youtube if you want to catch the full discussion with with the guest i'm a guest on uh, nowhere to go but up seandustin.com www.seandustin.com but that's exactly it and it's understanding that me being at the crux of the situation right and all of this stuff, I had to let that go. Like what, what happens in your life if nothing bad happens? No bad occurs to you. You have no reason to have an addiction. You have no reason to go do no drugs or, or alcohol or porn or anything like that, right? So how do you get to the point where nothing bad happens to you? By understanding that everything that happens to you, you cause, mm -hmm. right? And then understanding that all of this is just because of experiences for you to learn from, not to be shameful or embarrassed or anything of that nature, because now that comes into other people's perspective. When we're embarrassed or ashamed, it's because we think that other people look at us a certain way, which they may not even look at us that way. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it's staying away from all of that ugliness and, and understanding that I... Nothing bad happens to me because everything that happens to me is experience and it's knowledge and it's for me to learn. So that's not bad. We yeah. only think that it's bad because other people say it's bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of see your point. I mean, I guess it, it falls into sort of like that. The worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you, right? even though it may like the worst thing that happened to me may be way worse than what happened to you, but it doesn't make what happened to you any less impactful to you because that's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So does that make sense? Absolutely. But this, and this is why Bruce Lee says, embrace everything, embrace everything. Be like water, right? Be like water, embrace everything. Right. So if, 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 if I'm told that, that I get this thing called cancer and that I'm going to die, that, that doesn't have to be a traumatic thing. It's embrace it. It is what it is for me. And death, death is not a, fin a finality. It's not the final for me. So I'm not scared of that. We embrace that as well. It's just a, a, an experience that I'm going through now because of that this eternal soul wanted to experience. We and when you embrace that, nothing bad happens. We only think that it's bad because society says you're going to die. We're not going to see you anymore. You're not going to be here anymore. And that's a bad thing. What if society embraced death as glorious, as a traveling, as a passage? We wouldn't fear death. We would want it. We would, you know, we, we couldn't wait for it. We'd understand that it's part of the cycle. We all have to experience it. It's the unknown though. <clears throat> That's what the fear is. The fears of the unknown. Is this really the end? What happens next? You know what I mean? It, and it's a strange place. It's a, I mean, to be honest with you, I was driving down this, this, the driving home yesterday and I was on one of the roads that I, I I'm, I'm just looking out and I'm going, this is a strange place, man, because no matter if we're on it or not, it goes on, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it goes through its own, you know, cyclical cycles, just like the, the, the seasons that we go through. It's just in a, it's just in a larger, 
scale, right? So the, the universe, the cosmos has their own seasons, right? You know, there's that torrid belt that we go through every so often. You know what I mean? There's these things that happen, the seasons of the universe, which bring down to the seasons of, of where we're at, right? Age of in Aquarius. Yeah, in a different, in a different, uh, a smaller scale. Just like we're experiencing, you know, they call it climate change, but we're experiencing different temperatures in different locations now. Like it's really cold where I'm at in California where I don't remember it being that cold for a long time. Now I remember there was a period where when I was a kid where it snowed where I lived and that never happens, you know, but I don't know. I just think that everything has a season, everything, you know, and even with the, when you look at the, now I'm no, look, I'm no scientist. I'm, I'm a, a bro science dipshit when it comes to <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not out there researching all kinds of things, but I mean, I listen to, you know, podcasts that have other people that are experienced that listen to stuff. Now, sometimes when I regurgitate it, it, it might not come out the way that they said it, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I just, I feel, I feel that man. I feel like, I feel like we're going, mankind, humanity is not going to be the undoing of, of, of us. It's going to be a natural disaster or end of life event. You know what I mean? Well, just like it took out, you know, twice or three times before there's, there's been the humanity or whatever species has been all life has been. But humanity has been poisoned with the, with the forbidden fruit. That's the story. Who, That's the story who, of the fruit? forbidden fruit. We're the fruit. We're the forbidden fruit. We as humankind, because that's the egoic nature of humankind to think that they know how to fix the earth. We know how to fix the earth. We're destroying it. The earth has been here for billions of years. We've only been here for a hundred, couple hundred thousand, maybe, do you, maybe. Do you believe the story of, of how we evolved? I don't believe that story for one minute of, of evolving from monkeys. Uh-uh. No way, because if that was the if that was the case, and we've been around for so long, why haven't they why haven't they evolved? Why haven't these monkeys and being able to watch us? We didn't have anybody to watch, right? Well, suppose, evolution suppose, takes. No, but I mean, we we didn't have nobody to watch, right? So, if we've evolved from these monkeys, right, or and they've had plenty of time to watch human beings you would think that if we evolve from that, they would have, they would evolve even faster because we mimic everything that we see, right? Watch it. Look at a baby. Why does a baby look, mm -hmm. learn shit? They, they learn from neurons. watching, you know what I mean? So why haven't these apes and some of them have, some of them have learned how to spear fish with, with sticks and use tools. But I mean, I just don't, I don't buy it, man. I don't, I do not buy it. I don't buy that story. It doesn't make sense to me. We're way uh, different than monkeys. Yeah, I I definitely believe that we have we have evolved and grown to our environment as the environment has changed. But I believe that we have always been a spiritual being. I don't think that we evolved from animals per se. No, but there was intervention. But, but we are animals. You know what I mean. That's that's the thing is is we are animals or mammalian because we require certain things to survive like oxygen and 
and all these other things were similar well, what, to what, other what, were similar to other mammals, right? But I think that we were there was intervention at some point, and we're a hybrid of of mammals. But what what is an animal? How does an animal think? What is an animal's nature? To survive, to procreate, to to propagate the the species. Right, and and does it does it have a thought process in that, or does it just do that instinctually? It does it instinctually. Naturally. It does it right. instinctually. It's in it's in the DNA of of like birds. Like how do birds know that they need to go south? Did somebody right. tell you you need to do it, or is it just ingrained in your DNA that that's what you do? That's just what you do, right? And and so when this animal is presented with a, a a situation, does it think about that situation or does it react to that situation? It reacts. It's a reaction. It's right. Just, it's, it's it's hardwired. Right. It's the it's the the operating system. Now everything that I described as an animal is the same thing. Same thing that humans do when there's no thought process. You see what I'm saying? This is the biblical story. This is the story of, of the forbidden fruit. This is the story of being born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, coming into consciousness, all of that. Because without any of that, we are animals. We're living purely off instinct, reaction, egoic, materialistic lives, right? When a lion sees something that it wants, it goes and it takes it. Mm -hmm. So it's... Until we come into the essence of us, that we are spiritual beings and that we are separate from animals and that we do have a consciousness and a thought process and that we, we are here as, as, as God said in the book, right? The story for me is that we have dominion over all things. And the reason why we have dominion over all things is because we are the only species on the planet that are creators that I'm aware of, right? We are creators. We are made in the likeness and image of the ultimate creator. And we've done that to come here to create. So if anybody feels that they are not a creator, that's what your imagination is. Anybody that has thought of anything and then picked up a pencil and wrote it down, drew it. That is creation. You are a creator. Everything cool. that we see on this planet, man-made is from thought, from creation. So if I'm, if I am creator, then why am I not God? You are God and I am God as well. We're all God in the physical presence. This is what Jesus was. Jesus wasn't anything higher than a human being who had an, an, an intellectual perspective of what life truly is. Now, whether he was touched by the creator to come here to show that or not is, is another discussion, but this man was a human being of flesh and blood. And that was his message. His message wasn't follow me. His message was do as you see me do, and you can move mountains. He had Peter walking on water until when? Peter doubted himself. He reached out his hand. When he reached out his hand, he fell into the water. Now, how do you You're absolutely that? God. Well, how do you know that he wasn't tripping on, on mushrooms and thought he seen him walking on, on water? Because you know, now that it is proven that psychedelics were heavily used in religion back in the day, in that, in that, time, in that time period. I have a TikToker saying that we're not God. So 
and they, they like me to explain well this this is my elaboration of it and and that's just it so if i have i don't have anything with me here but if i have right one glass just picture a glass in your head and i make another glass in the likeness and image of that glass Anybody that would know otherwise, that what didn't know that they were made together, would just see two glasses. They would just see them as the same, two glasses, and they have a function. But the two original glasses, one would know who the originator was and one who would know who the cast was. Only they know that. See, I know who the spiritual father is, but here on this planet, nobody else knows that. They, they're their own God. I'm my own God. I am the creator in the flesh and blood that he put the breath of life in me to come and procreate, to produce and be fruitful. So in, in retrospect, in the humbleness of that is all, everything that I do is in respect to my spiritual father because he's the one that blessed me to come here in his name and produce like he produced to give the love that he has in the, in the physical form so that we can feel it. The soul can feel it in the physical fashion, feel what love is by touch, smell, taste, because all of that is experience and it's learning. And this is the only physical plane. This is the only plane of existence that that can occur in the physical plane. This is why they say spirits are jealous of us. You know, angels are jealous of us because they can't, feel the love like we feel they are love but they can't feel it hmm. they can't so knowing that knowing that i'm the creator now i'm not looking to some outside presence to come save my life i know that i have to be the one to save my life and if i'm a creator that means that everything that is around me in my universe is what i've created nobody has, has created this i've created it if I'm in a state of depression, it's because I've created it. And my environment is showing that. My environment is going to be dark and gloomy and depressing. Right? And that creation that we've made is now going to trans traverse out into society around other people who are creating their own environments. So, like a... Okay, so let me... Since I'm not... I'm not religious and i don't think you're really talking about religion you're just talking about spirituality and right. what your 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 perception of your spirituality it deals with god and and jesus and in the christianity type of of uh, what's the word i'm looking for spirituality and and mm -hmm. worship spiritualism yeah now for me i don't use I don't like God. I gets me tripped up when you talk about God, right? But what I do, what I do resonate with is is universe, right? Because mm -hmm. universe is is vast and it's it's amazing and it encompasses everything. It encompasses the water. It encompasses the life. It encompasses all things, and that's pretty powerful. And so that's what I kind of subscribe to, right? That's what I believe in. And I know that there's, there's shit out there that I can't explain because I've been through things that I can't explain through my life and, and you know, why I shouldn't be here and, and how I am here. And it could only be one thing and it's not in, in its universe or God, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, your thing that you subscribe to, right? Because it's different for everybody. I don't think it's, it's definitely different for me. 
And so I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> no, I do agree with you because we do, if we think it, we can create it, right? If you see it, you mm -hmm. can be it, right? And so having the ability to, to create the environment we want around us and to, we're responsible for that. And I get what you're saying is that everything that happens to us is because of us, right? Our Anything, creation. Our creation. We create the the chaos in our mind, then it plays out in, in our life around us, right? Somehow the people that are you don't want in your life end up in your life because of how you're thinking or how you're 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 manifesting, right? People don't understand that that we do manifest the things that we think. And some people can do it better. Some people are stronger at it. Some people create more of a mess than others do with their manifestations. And it sounds woo-woo, right? Oh, the secret. Ah, the secret. You know, the, yeah, the secret mm -hmm. was sort of a bullshit rendition of this, right? Because it, you, just because you think or put some pictures on a board doesn't mean that those things are going to happen. What happens is, is it now your mind is is thinking more about the things that you're trying to create or that you want in your life. And so now these opportunities that come about that relate to that or how to get you from point A to point B are now more prevalent and more you see them, right? Because it's in your forefront. You're like, oh, this is what I'm trying to do. And so any any type of, of opportunity that comes your way, you're now able to see it. Almost like when you buy a car, all of a sudden now you see all these cars that are like your car. Mm -hmm. The same thing when it comes to like, you're trying to manifest something in the same sort of a way. You just, you're, you're, you're more aware of the opportunities around this thing. Well, we've all manifested and, and whether we recognize it or not. I mean, if you're, if how many mechanics have been working on, on a, on an engine and wish that they had a particular tool, like it would have made their whole life easier if they had this particular tool. And then the next week, that particular tool was laying on their tool bench or on the deck, you know, and then you're like, oh, damn, where the hell was you at a week ago? <laughs> that is manifestation. Manifestation works simply just like that. Everything is here for us. It's it's in abundance, you know, and, and I'm a living testimony that I swear to it. The secret changed my life because it reached me in a simplistic way to explain occurrences in my life that I had no explanation for. And that's what opened the door for me to, to expound upon that knowledge and really do a deep dive into personal vibration and manifestation, the power of positivity. That stuff is real stuff. It's all here for us. God has given it all to us to, to, to encompass, to use, not for self. That's the key. To expound upon what he has, what he has blessed us with to keep it going for the next person. That's, that's the spiritual, that's the, that's the blood in the water. You know, that's the, what, what do they call it? The, the, the baptism. Mm -hmm. All baptism is, is coming into consciousness, right? And realizing that's the oath that you're taking to God, that you are now conscious, that you will not commit sin and go against God anymore because now there's repercussions. You're leaving the ignorant side. This is why they say ignorance is bliss. People want to stay in ignorance because they feel that they're not accountable for nothing because they're ignorant. Well, it's but once you to, come, it's in, easier to say. It's easier to to say I didn't know, or if I don't know, you know what I mean. Or you know, if it doesn't, 
I mean, yeah, that that can be used for a lot of different things. The ignorance. But once you come into that knowledge, now you're being judged for it because you knew. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that is that is the 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 baptism. And I don't know where these Christians are today. Sit here and think, well, I could just go out and and sin and do this and all that, and then just go in and be forgiven at the end of the week. It doesn't work that way. It don't work that way. And I guarantee that your life is filled with chaos because that thought process is what allows chaos to come into your life because you're thinking egoically. You're putting self first. You're creating everything for yourself and nothing else. And that will bring toxicity because you're going against the grain. You're trying to cut wood against the grain. Also, too, if you're so consumed with trying to I fall into this a lot, getting so consumed with what I'm trying to achieve or accomplish or build that everything else just sort of takes the back seat. You know what I mean? It's like the people around me, I don't pay attention to. It's like I'm so engaged in trying to to accomplish this one thing that everything else just kind of gets out of the purview. And that's not good either. It just depends. Why is well, it, it, good? it? It's it's good. It's it's good if it's actually producing something, and you know what I mean. The time spent is the risk versus reward factor. It's just in a different sense, right? So I'm as risking, long as you, I'm but as long on, as you. I'm, I'm okay, risking. Go. I'm risking connection with the people around me who I count on, right? To and so let's say the girlfriend right i count on to to make my life easier when i'm here right because she picks up some of the slack that allows me to be able to do some of these things right because the content creation takes a lot of time it's not an easy thing and it's it's definitely not a fast quick growth and so Mm -hmm. this is time consuming and so uh fuck i forgot where i was going again it's it's this it's this it's the coffee i'm telling you (laughs) well but at the end of the day it's I understand where you're going with it, and but at the end of the day, it's recognizing that within self. Me, I should not have to depend on any other human being to do anything in my life. And if I've established my life in that fashion, I'm creating toxicity at some point. Because now I'm putting expectations on another human being that, that comes into my life. And I should only be concerned about what I can produce. So if I'm doing things that goes outside of that, now I'm putting burdens on other people and that's going to create hostility. It's going to create toxicity. You know, so this is what I say that when I say that we're the creators of all of this, you know, when I'm in debt and now I'm, I'm, I have two kids and I can't afford to feed them and I got to go steal food from Publix. At some point I made an error somewhere mm-hmm. in my factoring as to money conservation. Now, can you, you know, but can you, can you blame that on, on yourself? I mean, I guess you could, but I mean, if you think about how the poor, the average poor person that goes through public school, right. That's not in like some Montessori or some private school that your parents can afford to send you to a public education doesn't teach you those things. They don't teach you how to manage your money i mean they give you a basic rundown like i remember i how to do a checkbook and 
just the basic bullshit that's not going to help you do anything. It doesn't explain compound interest and how to be on the right side of it, which most of us are not or have never been, right? And what I mean by compound interest is anytime you take out a loan for something, it's to the benefit of the person that you're taking the loan out for, from, right? You're, it's, you're, 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 you're creating wealth for somebody else when you're in this system. That's right. The house always wins, yep. but, but that's, but that's exactly it is, is getting into, getting into those cycles, like you say, and allowing those things to occur. But this is, this is why we question, well, what you're speaking of, we're going back into the, into knowing that the government is attacking our children in that way. Right. So, but on speaking on the, on the human context of it, we know that now our brains are not fully developed until we're 25, 26 years old. And that undeveloped brain happens to be that critical thought process when it comes to our emotions, how to handle emotions critically versus reactively. That's not occurring until we're in our mid twenties. So how many kids are getting life sentences between the ages of 18 and 25 before we even start to think like how you just described mm -hmm. speaking on the governmental aspect of it, but as, as the human nature of it, that's why I said earlier that we can't look at anything that we've ever done as bad. No bad occurs to me. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm still a work in process with that. These are things that I'm working on to try to, to fix how I interact within society and life and not looking at anything that happens to me as bad, but as good. This is knowledge. What can I learn from this? You know? Yeah. Don't, don't anybody out there listening to, to me think that I got it all figured out. Cause I don't. None all. of us do. I just, you know, everything is a, everything is a progress. And, and a lot of the times, as long as this is how I look at it, as long as the behavior, when it pops back up is less creates less damage than it did the time before that's progress. Right. Absolutely. And so I think for a lot of us who have these ingrained behaviors of dysfunctionality, criminality, you name it, addiction, all of that stuff, each time because it just doesn't, you just don't stop and the behavior's done, right? It's got to be it's slow and in, it's slow and incremental because it has to, you have to first be aware of it and then be able to prevent it, right? And have things in place that, that keep you, or for one that I can identify it at before it starts to become a thing, right? Before it happens. And then to be able to pivot out of that and into something else before it runs its course, what it normally does, right? So you feel yourself slipping into the rut. Okay, so now what do you do? How do you how do you keep yourself to how do you write that? You know what I mean? Correct, correct to get out of the rut to keep yourself from from making it into the loop and and getting into that cycle again. It's right? too it's late really by then. It's too late by then. Like, like y'all got that black mud out there, right? When I was out there in Texas, there they, 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 was this thing called black mud. And if you stepped in it, like it, it was like walking on grease. You would instantly hit the ground. You, as soon as you stepped in it, you were going straight down, right? Mm -hmm. 
once you start that slippery slope, you're going down. That's the point is not to step in the mud. Because now once you get in the mud, once you step in it and you start on that slippery, you're going to be in the mud and then you're going to have to get up and say, what happened? Why did, why did I slip in that mud? So the yeah, point the is time, not but the time down, right? The time down is less each time it happens. And at some point you'll stop slipping in the black mud. It should be, but you have some people who slip one time and just lay down there in it. Say, so, you know what? <laughs> hell, I, I, I belong down here in the mud anyway. I might as well just stay down here and not even get up. You have human beings like that. Yeah. I don't I, One I mistake and these people fall apart. You know, they can't know. handle but, pressure. But now is that a generational thing? Because I feel like, I feel like I'm, I'm X, right? You're probably Gen X too. I feel like our generation. 1975 is when I was born. Yeah, yeah. You're probably Gen X, you're Gen X too. So I feel like our generation isn't like that. We're the last generation that picks ourselves up. And I mean, we were the generation that, that latchkey kids became a thing in our generation, right? Where we were basically raised ourselves, right? You know, you know what I mean. And so you have these newer ones that, yes, I, I, I would one hundred percent agree. The young, the young people now have no grit. They got no, no fight. A lot of them, you know what I mean. No, they, no, they won't even drink. They won't even drink water from a garden hose. You know what I mean. <laughs> That's how soft these kids. That was the best water that there was, man. Shit, when you're thirsty. How many times I would like watching my dog drink water now, man? I would gulp that shit down. But I think back then, as kids, we weren't marketed to as we are marketing to our kids today. Everything is because of big corporation, big tech, media. It's all because of that. Remember back then when we were kids, the only kind of marketing that we had were. Were GI Joes and and Barbie dolls and things of that nature, and Saturday we were told at that cartoons. time. But and 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 those were gender specific for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So at that time, we were told, even as kids, that you're supposed to watch this. Girls are supposed to watch this, and if you cross in between those lines, you're funny. So <laughs> automatically, it started drawing a line of insecurities uh, within within kids because. Maybe I like playing with Barbie dolls. Maybe as a kid, I just like playing. And in a kid's mind, we're just playing with freaking dolls. You know what yeah, I mean? I used to we're like mimicking. my, my G.I. Joe doll to play with the Barbie doll. We played house. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's my point is we mimic as kids. We're mimicking what we see in life. And mm. we're acting it out with our, with our toys and stuff. That's mm. what kids do. And we're processing whether kids realize it or not. We're processing what we've seen and we're acting it out in our imaginations, our childlike imaginations. But yet we're calling them funny for that if they do it in a sense that we don't understand. So it's giving these kids insecurities now and it's making our children walk on eggshells because they don't want to be labeled as a certain thing. Well, as the 80s went on and then the 90s come and then the 2000s and then the 2010s, all of those labels started growing. Now these kids have to worry about 15 different labels. It's not just about playing with dolls anymore. It's, you know, LGBTQ. It's, you know, all these different labels that we have put on 
ourselves as human beings. What color are you? What what shade of color? What culture? What this? What sex? What? And then that swings back into the governmental part of what you're talking about because it's meant to divide. The That's more right. you can fracture up a society, like fractional, like fractionalize up a society into different, different, you know, things, right? And a lot of them are opposites or opposing. Compart compartmentalize. Yeah, something like that. You know, it, it, there's like, I mean, shit. They did a they did a number this last three years on on the division tactics. You know, I, my my family's divided between the two the two camps you know, of, of, you know, that thing that we're not going to talk about, but you probably know what I'm saying if you're listening and you probably experienced some of it yourselves. I mean, that was, and that was, that was a, an amazing flawless execution of, of how to, how to divide a fucking nation for sure. Mm -hmm. That's how divided that's we are. New. You know, it's nothing new though. No. They've been doing that forever. If they've been doing it ever, you know, divide and conquer. That's, I mean, that's in the, the art of war, Sun Tzu, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's understanding these things and going back. I know we got to wrap up here shortly, get my, my Saturday going, but it's going back to the top of the, the, the conversation where it all comes down to self, right? We cannot be worried about what happened yesterday. And we can only plan for what happens tomorrow. And what our plan is, is the presence of now. And we handle only the here and now. I can only deal with my physical presence in the here and now, now. Kind of like space balls. Remember in the, the one cuts, when did that happen? Did that happen? That happened now, right now. Well, can we go back? No, you can't go back because that happened then. We're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> that is that but that's the the comedical side of of the truth you can only deal with right now as we speak and what i said 10 seconds ago is yesterday that's it's over with mm -hmm. and as long as we deal with that in every aspect you know stop the victimization stop making things up that that's going to happen to you when they've never happened to you in your life you know what i mean stop Stop. You know, you're not going to win the lottery. We just, what, yeah, what, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Stop thinking that you're going to go out into public and be persecuted because you hear on the news that you're going to be persecuted when you've never been persecuted in your life. Because then you're going to start to think that you're being persecuted and it starts into the victimization aspect of it. It's like, just stop all of that. And just worry what, what's in front of you. If you have a racist in front of you calling you racist things, deal with that then. Don't go out into public looking for racism because CNN told you that it's out there. So, so now I'm going to go out here and look for it. And then when I think that I see it because this is what it looked like on CNN, I'm going to label it myself as this. And then I'm going to tell people that I wasn't involved in it. And it's like, just stop all that stuff, man. And just deal with, your encounters and 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 deal with them critically versus emotionally but well think of it all you got to do is think about when is the like legitimately when is the last time that you witnessed overt racism where you heard somebody call a black person the n-word right in front of you and you know what i mean i, I can't 
I can't remember that maybe in high school, you know, that, that happened or, or, you know, grade school, or, but I just, the, you would think if it was as prevalent as the media says it is that there would be all kinds of cases where I would see people calling, calling people the N word all over the place. And it just doesn't happen. That's right. And, and that is, that is, goes with every aspect crime in itself. I've been, I've, I grew up in rough neighborhoods impoverished neighborhoods. How many times have I seen liquor stores robbed? None. How many people have I seen shot to death? None. I'll tell you what I have seen. I have seen the cops pull people out of their cars and hit them with nightsticks. I've been pulled out of my car and held with, you know, tied up like this here with a cop with his billy jack up over my head, talking about he was going to knock my teeth out. That has happened to me, but I've never seen it. I've never seen people raped. You see what I'm saying? That has never came into my cipher other than what has been brought to it by the news. I've seen, I have seen some funky shit go down in the tenderloin though, in San Francisco. <laughs> man, great conversation, Sean. Thank you for having me on, man. Yeah, 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 man. You too. We'll have to do it again. Maybe we'll do, do Saturday morning perspectives more often. I'm telling you, I don't have a problem doing this every Saturday morning for real. Yeah, Getting up at the crack of dawn and coming on and doing a little morning talk show. What what went on through the week? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Hey, if you're watching out there, you know, if you see this and you you want you want some more of it and and more narrowed in on topics for the week, drop a drop a uh, drop a comment and let us know because I got tons of stuff to talk about, like news wise and and things that have happened, and you know, I'm on top of a lot of that. I just need to. I just need to save a lot of it so I, I consume a lot of stuff but i don't necessarily save the clips i don't think about it because i'm usually at work and don't have time to like shoot the time stamp of this and that to you know what i mean i got to figure out a way right. to do that because i do like i said i do listen to a lot of stuff and there's like i could probably stitch together an hour fucking episode of something with all the different things that i've listened to through the, through the week yeah no question absolutely so, so. Yeah, every, tell everybody where they can find you. So I'm, as you see behind me, I'm Thomas Free Me. You could just simply Google Thomas Free Me. Free Me is one word, like my last name. Thomas Free Me, and I'm my, everywhere. I'm like the Muffin Man. But <laughs> mostly, mostly, please go to www.cominghomecoalition.com. We have a fundraiser there, Project Start Fresh. So I have a raffle that's coming up a month from now, end of March. We're going to be doing our online raffle to win Tampa Bay Rays baseball tickets. You don't have to be in the Tampa Bay area to support, but we project start fresh is, is we take one individual from homelessness to self-sufficiency. So we, we guide him all the way through all the way till he gets a job, till he gets his own place, paying his bills, set up a budget for him and then send him on his way when we know that he's He's sufficient. So that's, that's what project start fresh is. And, and people can help with us in that we need a lot of help. You know, a lot of this stuff, I got to go out and Uber and pay out of pocket for it, but we get it done. And, and essentially that's it, man. I'm just, I'm here for the people. All right. Yeah. And you've been consistent since I've known you and, and doing this thing. So yeah, if you can support the coming home coalition, a fresh start program that uh, Thomas has, has started down there in the Tampa, Tampa area. Absolutely. I mean, I liked if it anybody, down there when I went there. 
I was just going to say, it's gorgeous. Anybody want to come through Tampa Bay? Search Thomas Freeman. Give me a shot. I'll, I'll give you a tour guide. Yep, he will. He's not lying. He 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 took me to have a, a Cuban, a Cuban, my first Cuban sandwich. Your first Cuban sandwich. Yep, from the little Cuban shop. <laughs> I'd never had one before. That thing was on fire. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for tuning in. And as always, like I say, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. Until next time, everybody. We out. All right. I'm in.